But why did God send? And what I want to cover with you this morning is, why did God send this judgment? Why did God flood the whole world? Why did God kill every human being, probably hundreds of millions, if not billions of people that were living in the pre-flood world? Why did he do that? Well, I'd like to show you, first of all, the downward slide. Point number one. Let's look at the downward slide of the flood and the world of the flood. Christ said in Luke 17, 26, just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days when the Son of Man returns. What was it like in the days of Noah? I already read to you, Genesis 6, 5. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every thought and imagination of his heart was only evil continually. Number one, humanity was contaminated. Man was sinful, but man was sinful, but yet they were still operating halfway decent. But by the time Noah comes around, humanity had descended to the point of utter, total wickedness in the sight of God. You say, you mean there, is, there are degrees of sin? You bet there are. Do you remember when Jesus cast out a demon? He told the man, watch out, lest something worse happen to you, lest this demon go out and get some that are even worse than him and enter you. Did you know even among demons there are good and bad demons? I don't mean good as far as good, uh, righteous. I mean that there are some that aren't as malignant as others. There are degrees of evil. Did you know even hell will have degrees of punishment? There are some people that are going to be, as Dante in his Inferno said, in the bottom. There are others that are going to be separated from God eternally in hell, but they are not going to be suffering as much as those who had more exposure to the truth. There are degrees of demons than there are degrees of punishment in hell. And God saw that, that the whole planet was evil continually. Humans were contaminating. But look at verse 2 of chapter 6, because the second point, not only was humanity contaminated, but demons were rampant. Now, this is unique. This is the only time in the history of the planet where God allowed this to happen. And I want to show you what happened. It says in verse 2 that mankind had become largely demon-possessed. It says in verse 2, the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Now, you know, there's some people who say, oh, the sons of God are just, just uh, you know, the good people. They're just the descendants of, of Enosh. They're just the good. And, and the sons of Cain are, are the daughters of men. And they try and explain this away. But if the sons of God means anything less than something supernatural, why didn't they just say the sons of Abel's brother Enosh or the sons of the good side? Why did they say sons of God? Well, I'm going to show you in just a minute. Because I personally believe that the sons of God are none other than fallen angels or demons that cohabited that in some unusual way were involved in demonizing the race of mankind. And the evil of man's own nature was compounded and it became too much for the Lord to bear and judgment had to come. Why do I believe that? Number one, because the purpose of this demon intrusion was Satan's last-ditch effort to contaminate all of humanity. And it happened. Verse 5, God saw that all of mankind was defiled, that all of mankind was utterly given over to wickedness, utterly pursuing enmity against God. If you want to look with me for just a second at the book of Jude, the sixth verse, that's the other end of the Bible. Go to the end of your Bible if you don't know much about the Bible. Go to Revelation. And the book just before Revelation, just the whole book of Revelation, and the little tiny one page that's before Revelation is the book of Jude. And Jude was a brother of Jesus Christ. He was uh, a child of Joseph and Mary's, but he was not 
uh, fully Jesus' brother because Jesus didn't have a human father. But Jude was one of his four brothers. And Jesus had four earthly brothers, and uh, all of them didn't believe on him until after. Uh, and then they came around. And James wrote the book of James, was another one of Jesus' brothers, and Jude was another. But uh, Jude in verse 6 says this, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. What was the nature of this demon intrusion into society? We know what the purpose was. It was to destroy and to defile humanity. But how did it occur? Well, look at verse 5. I want to remind you, though, that once you knew this, this is Jude, verse 5, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So he's talking about something that happened with the Israelites, Judas. Then he talks about another event that we're looking at this morning. And he says, also, the angels who didn't keep their proper abode. How did they leave their proper abode? Look at verse 7. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around about them in similar manners to these, to whom? To these, to whom I have already spoken of, to these angels that didn't keep their first abode just like Sodom and Gomorrah, gave themselves over to sexual immorality and going after strange flesh. What did Sodom and Gomorrah do? I mean, it's sodomy is a derivative of the city of Sodom. And Sodom was a place where, where there was the absolute perversion of God's creative order. God created one man and one woman to live together for life. He did not create polygamy to have multiple wives. He did not uh, create celibacy from the beginning, although God says that there are some that are celibate for the kingdom of God, and some of them just can't be married. There are physical reasons, but he said that God's initial plan was, and his perfect order was, one man and one woman to live together for life. A man and a woman to be married and to enjoy the wonders of what God has made for them. Well, it wasn't long before there were perversions to that, and prostitution starts, and then polygamy starts. And by the time we get to chapter 19 of Genesis, sodomy starts. And sodomy in its broadest application is not only the perversion of men that are being with men, but women with women. And what we see here is in Jude, he says in verse 7, that Sodom and Gomorrah left God's order for human sexuality and perverted it in sodomy and homosexuality. Well, now that we're talking about that, look at verse 6. Angels didn't keep their proper domain, Jude 6. They left their own abode, and he's reserved them in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. These angels are in trouble, and they are incarcerated, awaiting a future judgment. Why? Well, if you just the commonest rendering, I mean, if you can understand what you read, if you look at verse 7, it says, as Sodom and Gomorrah went into sexual perversion. The only thing you can interpret verse 6 is, is that these angels went into sexual perversion. You say, but wait a minute, it says in, in the book of Matthew that, that angels don't marry or are given in marriage. That's right, angels. These are fallen angels we call demons. And in their malignant pursuit of transgressing God's order, they somehow inhabited, possessed the bodies of humans on earth and somehow demonized and proliferated through the race until the earth was primarily demon-possessed, I believe, before the flood came. Well, 
the purpose of the demon intrusion, Genesis 6-5, was to spread wickedness. The nature of it, I believe, was a sexual uh, perversion of, of these sons of God being fallen demons. But look at 1 Peter 3. And if you don't know where 1 Peter is, just back up about five books. It goes Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, chapter 3. The demon intrusion of Genesis 6, the purpose of it, destroy the race. That was Satan's plan. The nature of it, sexual perversion. Some type of unique time where demons came down and, and were involved in the, the generation of, of progeny that were demonized. Number three, what was the timing of this? Well, look at 1 Peter 3, because this, this is talked about in the Bible. Uh, verse 18 of chapter 3, Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, 1 Peter 3:18, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. And that's a great verse. Christ suffered once, and that's why we don't believe in the ongoing sacrifice of Christ, bloodlessly or bloodily, in any religious observance. He died once. And anybody that that promotes an ongoing sacrifice of Christ is totally against the scriptural concepts of the redemption, the atonement, the sacrifice of Christ. But look at verse 19. By whom also he went and preached the spirits in prison. Now, if you grew up in a liturgical church, they say that Christ descended into hell, and, you know, there's the, in the Apostles' uh, Creed, it, it says that. And, and people go, Christ descended into hell. And so that's why uh, some of the charismatic far fringes talk about Christ as fighting with Satan and wrestling and all this crazy stuff. No, no, no. It says he went and preached. What did Jesus do in hell? Did Satan torment him and did he suffer hell for all of us? No, the Bible doesn't say that. He did that on the cross. What did he go down into the lower parts of the earth for? Well, right here in verse 19, he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Who are the spirits in prison? Well, look at this. Who formerly were disobedient, verse 20, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah. Hey, that's a great name of God, the divine long-suffering. That's God. God's very patient. He's very long-suffering. In the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. What's he talking about? Well, there's some spirits. They got in trouble during the 120 years while Noah was building the ark that God has incarcerated. And if you put Jude 6 with 1 Peter 3, 19 and 20, you say, hmm, maybe there's some correlation here. And so I believe that the timing of this demon intrusion was during the time, the 120 years, while God was long-suffering, waiting for mankind to repent, Satan poured out the demons and they invaded humanity. Look at 2 Peter. You're in 1 Peter. Look at 2 Peter 2 and verse 4. It's talked about again. Because if the purpose of this demon intrusion was to destroy the race so that there would be no seed, and if the nature of it was sexual in nature and a defilement of the descendants of these uh, demons cohabiting with women, and if the timing was prior to the flood, what was the result? Well, 2 Peter 2, 4. It says in verse 4, if God did not spare the angels who sinned, well, they all sinned that went with Satan. Is he, is he limiting them? Yes. But cast them down into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. And in the same breath, what does Peter say? This links this event. Verse 5, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah. 
Okay, all I can say is this. And you know, you, this is one of those points uh, of doctrine that you have to study out. And you know what? It's not one that, that determines your eternal destiny. It doesn't even determine your orthodoxy. But I'll tell you what, it explains a lot of stuff in the Bible. And basically it's this, that Satan sent an intrusion into humanity. He sent a legion of demons in that began to infiltrate the human race. In fact, it says in Genesis 6, and you can go back to Genesis 6 with me, it says that what happens when they did this intrusion was, verse 4 of Genesis 6, there were giants on the earth in those days. And if you look at the word giant, it's the word Nephilim. You know what Nephilim means? Fallen ones. These demons, by the word, the word demon means uh, intelligence or knowledge. And these intelligent, knowledgeable, malignant spirits that know more than we do because they're in the spirit realm came down and began this intrusion and they caused giants to be on the earth. Interesting times. God says, you know what? Satan's almost done. He's almost defiled the whole race. I'm going to pull out one family that found grace in my eyes. I'm going to destroy everybody else. They're all tainted. And he didn't spare anyone. He killed every living human being on this planet, except for Noah, his three sons, and his wife and the three sons' wives. Well, the Apostle Paul tells us that in the last days there's going to be an intrusion again. 1 Timothy 4.1, you can just write this down, I'll have to hasten, it says, in the last days some will depart from the faith and they will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. You see, the same thing that Satan did the first time when, he, when God's judgment had to come to clean up the world, it's going to be the same thing that causes and precipitates the tribulation hour. Did you know that in the tribulation hour there's going to be a global pursuit of demons? There's going to be a global giving over to demons. And I hope you realize that we're headed that way rapidly. It says in Genesis 6.1 that people began to multiply. There was this population explosion. If you look at Genesis 6, 11 through 13, it says that the earth was filled with violence. It says the earth was corrupt before God, Genesis 6, 11. The earth was filled with violence. Wow, doesn't that sound familiar? Airplanes mysteriously being blown out of the sky. The Olympic, I mean, the whole world, three and a half billion people are watching the Olympics. What do they see? They see explosions. What is our society filled with? It's filled with violence. I mean, when people want to have a night out and spend a little time relaxing, they go and pay six, seven bucks and watch a movie of people getting blown up and killed. I mean, that's how our society has feasted on violence. The ancient world was filled with violence. Humanity was very advanced. In fact, I don't know if you realize, but I was at the zoo yesterday with my children. I went through the caveman exhibit. And you know what society teaches? That caveman was on the way up. You know, that, that everyone climbed out of the slime pits and finally, you know, they start, stop dragging along with their arms on the ground and, and they start walking upright and they quit swinging in the trees and they started to be human, kind of, and then they lived in caves. Did you know that's absolutely absurd, that that was on the way down? Did you know that mankind started up here? What did Cain, Cain, the first child born on this planet, what did he do? He built a city. He did not go into a cave and pull his wife in by her hair, you know, with his club. He built a city. Do you know what his children did? You know what it says in Genesis chapter 4? It says that his children lived in tents. They had livestock. He lived in a city. They played the harp. They played the flute. Genesis 4.22. They instructed people in making bronze and iron. But God saw that. God waited. 